All right, we are back with another episode. So I have a little bit of history, but this history is for yesterday since we're recording on Monday. Um, so on the 24th of April in 1945, Miles Davis um, first recorded any music of his career, which was his first time ever recording music. And um, that's kind of interesting. I guess sometimes you forget how old he like how long he'd been doing what he was doing like how old miles davis you know i guess how long ago it was but um yeah anyways he recorded for a band kind of like a as a side person just kind of stood in and then after that he started to uh grow and play with the uh some of the greats so yeah pretty interesting there and then more music related in 1979 on the 24th of april ray charles's rendition of georgia on my mind was made the official state song of the state of georgia so yes yes and his version basically the definitive version i know mainly because of designing women exactly yeah yeah i think it's the one most people know so yeah One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. All right, if you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Uh, episode 15 is going to dissect the trouble rumbling over at Netflix after suffering its first loss in nearly 20 years of existence and how this setting up it, it, how this is setting up a new age in the streaming era. So, but first we're going to get into some other headlines. Uh, what do you have for this week? Okay, so I've got a couple of things here, not all of them entertainment related, but the first was that um, we had an election in France and Emmanuel Macron, the president, was reelected, which is a good thing for anybody trying to steer away from um, uh, far right ideals. Uh, so he won by, a, I guess what you say, a good margin. I think it was 58 to 41% in his favor. So yeah, that happened Sunday, which is odd to have an election on Sunday, but I guess that's how they do it in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, that he won. Right, right. Yeah, we don't need... <laughs> <laughs> anything else is bad um secondly the BAFTA they have a TV craft awards which I kind of feel is like our Emmys I'm not sure I think it's their way of uh celebrating television but uh Landscapers which was on HBO Max and then We Are Lady Parts which was on Peacock if I'm not mistaken were both uh big winners there so that's kind of good at least I watched We Are Lady Parts but I did not get around to Landscapers so See, I, I'm halfway through We Are Lady Parts, but I did finish Landscapers. Landscapers was good. Right, okay. And then also It's a Sin was nominated, which was on HBO Max, and it was one of the most nominated alongside Landscapers. They each had um, five nominations, and then um, It's a Sin picked up award for, um, I think, best director, best director of something fiction and then editing in the fiction category as well so okay that's good it deserves yeah oh absolutely it did uh lastly what do i have let's see um 
Oh, uh, there's so the showrunner of this show, American Gigolo, which is coming to um, Showtime, was let go by, I guess, the production company, or I'm not sure, but uh, his name is David Hollander, and he's just no longer part of this show, um, American Gigolo, and he was completely fired by the network. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it really went into detail of what happened, but um, I guess we'll see what comes of that. See, uh, yeah, it, what exactly they, he did? Yeah, yeah. All they said was alleged misconduct, so they haven't uh, gone into specifics. They did say it wasn't of sexual nature, so I'm not sure what occurred. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. Yeah, but that series is supposed to be like a sequel to the film starring Richard. Right. Right. Richard Greer. So um, we'll see what happens. All right. On my list, um, it was announced that the anticipated sequel to um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse has been pushed back to June of 2023, um, along with other Sony films getting shifted around. Um, its original launch date was supposed to be October of this year. So <laughs> wow. uh, I think they want to bank on the summer, summer, uh, I don't know what you call it, blockbuster for that film because it was right, right. a huge film. And October did seem an odd time to let that release. So it will come out next summer. Um, and some TV news, uh, Idris Elba is set to star in a limited series for Apple called Hijack, where um, he's basically aboard a plane that's hijacked and he it's up to him to sort of save the passengers and the flight to safety. Um, that's all we pretty much know about it right now. But this is sort of like his first return to TV other than that unfortunate sitcom he had on Netflix that got canceled. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his production company is behind this series, so okay. I, he's definitely executive producer. And then finally, um, this might shatter uh, the fans of Black Twitter and whatnot, but uh, Elon Musk has purchased the social media platform for $44 billion. Such a, a large amount of money. Yes, and it's mostly, they said equity and yeah. loans, so I'm not exactly sure how that works, but um, prior to this, people were concerned that he was trying to get on the board, but now he's flat out purchased the entire company and is going to take it private and swears to make it more uh, inclusive for free speech or whatever that's supposed to mean. Right, right. But we know must. I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that that's such, I don't know, that's so vague. Yeah, you know, he's a known um, racist and Right. of women so i don't know what that exactly means um i guess they were asked one of his fans Donald trump if he would return to twitter because he owns it now he said no but we know he lied so i don't know yeah it just i think twitter is on its way down i think it's just all these social media platforms go through a death and i think Twitter is, is there. Hell, most of the stuff on there is just bots anyways. 
Exactly. He says he wants to clean up the bots, um, make it more free speech friendly or whatever and whatnot. But once Jack Dorsey left, it was sort of like a wrap. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, something else will rise, I guess. All right, next up, um, trailer things. First, we got the, I guess, second official trailer for Lightyear, which is supposed to be like the origin story of Buzz Lightyear of the Toy Story fame, starring Chris Pine. I have, not Chris Pine, Chris Evans. Yeah. I have to say, I w- at first, I was not interested, but this trailer expanded on the story, and it, it does look pretty good. Yeah, it, it looks it looks interesting. I'm still kind of like, who asked for this? But that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that too. And they said it's in Toy Story canon, so I'm trying to figure out exactly how. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah. Um, a second trailer we got was Thor Love and Thunder. This is the fourth film in the Thor trilogy of the MCU. Um, they tease, you know, Thor sort of giving up his ranking as a god. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. Giving his ranking up as a hero and leader of Asgard to sort of find himself. Um, he's now traveling with the Gardens of the Galaxy and that's pretty much all I got. And Jane has returned, Natalie Portman's character from the first two films. And she has been in, endowed with the power of Mighty Thor, which is in comic canon. So we'll see how that plays out. I couldn't really tell much from the trailer. I mean, it's Taiki Watiti again. So yeah, I'm sure people will go see it, but I just need some more information. Yeah, I'm sure. A lot of people who check that out. And then finally today, we got the first trailer for Fire Island. This is supposed to be like a um, gay rom-com from, what's his face? Starring Bowen Wang and and the lead is Joaquin Booster. Hmm. Um, So this is coming to Hulu June 3rd. It stars Joel and Val um, Bowen, good Lord, as friends, the group of friends are going to Fire Island for the weekend. And it's set up sort of like a Pride and Prejudice type thing. Um, Joel's character falls for a character played by Conrad, um, what is his last name? From uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I know his last name. Come on. Um, Shoot. I know. Yeah, you got me on that one. (laughs) Conrad Ricamora. He sort of falls for him, but Conrad rolls in like a different social uh, group of gays. Yeah. Other than these other, other than Joe Kim Booster. So it looks pretty interesting. It's rated R. Oh, wow. Um, also stars of Margaret Cho, Nick Adams, Thomas Matos, Torian Miller, and Matt Rogers. So um, it looks pretty good. And it's definitely one of a kind 
uh, not only is it featuring mainly a gay cast, but gay male Asians who right. are frequently highlighted in cinema and media. So should be interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, in the box office, uh, the bad guys won with a meager twenty-four million this weekend. Um, it's going to have to do a lot better to sort of recoup its budget because it was definitely more than twenty-four million, but um, it did lead the box office this weekend. So I'm sure some families went to see see that movie. We'll now transition to our pick six, where we discuss the best things we watched in the past week. So what's on your list this week? All right, well, I did have Russian Doll on here, but um, I literally started an episode and got about 15 minutes through, and I was like, okay. So I <laughs> won't talk about that until I've watched more. What's interesting though, is it's kind of in that same boat as, um, Killing Eve, where it had such a long break that it's kind of, while people are excited to see it, it just didn't have the same hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I've only read good things about it, and the first couple of minutes I watched were exciting and fun. So I'm sure it's good, but you know, time has passed. So yeah, that's that. But what I did get into were two shows that just kind of I think they have seasons coming out. So I know Barry has its next season coming out soon. If it isn't already started. Um, and that's with Bill Hader, who plays a hitman who moves out to Los Angeles. And uh, I was just trying to see what the hype was about. And then next thing you know, I, I pretty much almost knocked out the whole first season. So it's really okay. good. And uh, uh, really enjoyed that. Bill Hader's funny. And it's interesting to see him play a dramatic role. It's not, well, it's it's dramatic and funny at the same time. But um, he just really shows his his range of skill and then I started Ozark as well and um I'm just this is the show stars Jason Bateman and uh, Laura Linney and Julia Garner about the Ozarks in southern Missouri and they move out there and after Jason Bateman has something go wrong with the cartel and it, the backstory is a lot but um same way I'm kind of obsessed with this I think I got through maybe four episodes of this and its fourth season has come out, I believe. And I think yeah. the fourth is the last. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's split in two parts. So I know the first part came out. Right. The second part comes out maybe the end of this month or beginning of next month. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, um, but so far, yeah, it's good. And uh, kind of get the dynamic and everything that's going on. And it's just one of, it was one of those shows that I always saw people talking about. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to start that, but. I have, and now I'm hooked, so I'm sure that for the next few days, until I catch up, um, that's all I'll be watching. All righty. Yeah. Uh, let's see, for me, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> I tuned into Netflix's White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, this is a documentary that basically documented sort of the sort of humble early uh, 2000 beginnings of the fashion brand uh, saw its ascend to sort of being like the it brand amongst young teens and young adults. And then yeah. it fiery collapse after it was revealed that the company based its home marketing strategy on racism and 
exclusive exclusivity toward yeah. minorities, uh, people that weren't skinny, like fat phobia, everything. So right, right. It was actually pretty decent. There was a lot of stuff I didn't know or didn't remember at that time that occurred. Um, and their headquarters was stationed right in Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, I always found that so strange because the the brand gave off such a California vibe and say, like, wait, what? Yeah, it definitely did. And then I watched Hulu's docuseries Captive Audience, A Real American Horror Story. Um, this was about uh, the Stainer family um, back in 1972, I believe. Their seven-year-old Steve Stainer was abducted and he did not return until seven years later. Um, his story was so captivating that they turned it into a TV movie in the 80s. And then years later, the family returned to uh, the media circus, I guess, when his older brother, Carrie, uh, turned out to be a serial killer and killed four women in 1999. Damn. So it sort of sort of examines, you know, the the role media plays in something like this. It's sort of like those two dynamics in one family. Um, <laughs> it's three episodes. I had no idea about the Steve Stainer part, and I definitely don't remember this murder. Um, but yeah, it it was pretty good. It's extremely sad, but a, a good watch. I'm glad it was only yeah, three. Yeah, I think I saw maybe some reviews or something about that over the weekend. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And just an update for a headline. I just saw that um, David Hollander, the ousted showrunner for American Gigolo, he's also been oh, let yeah. go of showrunner of the upcoming comedy How We Roll on CBS. So. Okay, yeah, there, there's something there. Yeah, he's lost. Well, he was the EP. He's lost two jobs <laughs> in one day. That's crazy. So no telling what happened. Um, oh, this show apparently has been renewed for a second season. Oh, no. Wait. He'll get production credit for this season, but if it's renewed for a second season, he'll have no involvement in it. So uh, I see. I see. Okay. Don't tell him what exactly occurred. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into our second half of the show. We're back, and we're getting to our no concessions. What do you have recommending for us today? Okay, um, so what we'll a little bit of a theme here uh not the happiest of themes but uh i was just thinking about movies that i had seen and i was scrolling through different streaming uh platforms and trying to find stuff that you know i think would be interesting and um i found a couple so what's odd is both of these films are films that i initially saw on netflix i don't believe they're there anymore and they're now on amazon prime and the first of those is ida and this film uh follows a young woman who is in the Six, 1960s and this is set in Poland and uh, she is vowing taking the vow as a Catholic nun and it kind of goes against who she really is but um, 
at the same time, she's learning about more about her past. She was an orphan during World War II, and now she's this young woman, and she meets um, a relative who's kind of a woman who lives by however she wants, and they go on like this road trip, and um, she learns more about the fate of her family during the world, and it's really, really good. And uh, it's like a, a strange road trip movie, but still not at the same time. I don't know. If you watch it, you'll understand what I mean, but it, it's really good, really deep, and uh, an interesting look at that part of the world during that part of history. So yeah, really, really good. Uh, secondly, uh, this film called The Innocents is also about uh, nuns and kind of a uh, part of history that is often overlooked and something that we are seeing reoccur right now, but it is focuses on the mass rape of women by soldiers that took place after World War II. And these women were nuns at a convent. So a doctor goes to the nun, to the convent, kind of like under this illusion that these women just need help. And then when she gets there, she realized that almost all the nuns there are pregnant and they have no one there to kind of take care of them and, you know, uh, um, just kind of what they would need during their pregnancy. And it's really, really interesting, kind of heavy material and kind of sad at the same time, but um, it really is a side of war that we don't hear about. It just gets kind of shut out is that um, how sexual assault and rape is used as a weapon. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, this is, is, is really good. But yeah, you've got to kind of stomach it. I, I guess the good thing is that you don't see the rapes. You just see the result of it. So if, you know, right. hard stuff like that is, is, isn't easy for you to take, you don't really have to worry about that. But it's still good. Gotcha. All righty. <clears throat> From no concessions, we transitioned to previously on. Um, let's see, since it is Monday, we've got two episodes of Winning Time to sort of discuss. Uh, episode seven was entitled Invisible Man, um, where uh, we are witnessing sort of Jack McKinney uh, sort of um, slowly gain, regain abilities and whatnot. And, uh, sort of puppeteer behind the scenes, get ready to return to the team. <clears throat> and um, it sort of examines sort of the quote unquote invisible man in, in many ways. Um, Jack being the invisible man behind Paul and Pat Riley's uh, success, kind of. Well, actually, Paul and Pat. Um, with Pat sort of being the invisible man, because people don't really believe in him that much. Right, right. Uh, we also had um, the setup between Magic and Larry Bird, the two rookies of the league that year, and how their um, eventual beef or whatever seem to only raise Larry Bird's profile and Magic is the invisible man <clears throat> in that scenario. And also um, Magic being sort of the invisible man, the black man 
as as well right. um in that scenario you know based on um the famous book um just having to do so much and not not get the credit uh what did you think of episode seven i thought it was pretty good um how do you say this uh it's <laughs> It, it, it was good. It hit all the things she just talked about. And I thought one one thing I can let go, let go of is just this. Every time I watch this show, I, I almost have to go and kind of do research. Like, were these people really like this? Because the way that they characterize um, Larry Bird and this kind of this hard-nosed kid. Well, we, we know how he was. He was from a farm area here in Indiana, but they made him seem like such a an ass, which I guess maybe was true. But... Uh, I thought that was good, but yeah, no, the, 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 the whole thing of him being invisible and I, I thought it was interesting that he complained about, how would I say it, people that not everybody loved him, um, Magic. Like, I can't remember the speech he had about being out there on the court. It was, it was, it was an interesting take, just like, like, what did you think? That everybody was gonna be your friend, man? Like, you know, but um, no, nah, but it was good, it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then we transition from Invisible Man to this week's episode, uh, episode eight, entitled California Dreaming. Um, and now we've got more attention as Jack is ready to come back um, to sort of uh, help the team as the team is set for the playoffs. They've got like a I don't know, was it, but like 50, 20 record or something like that? 40, 20, something. Yeah. Um, pretty good record. They're headed to the playoffs. And he's expecting Paul to cut Pat Riley as Pat was, oh, it's supposed to be a temporary thing. But Pat is trying to tell Paul, you know, we're the ones that coached 50 games. We're the ones that got them here. Doesn't make sense to break up this team now the chemistry we have um and that's caused quite tension between the three so much so that paul suffers a kidney stone he's just a nervous wreck a wimp, to say the least um elsewhere you've got um spencer haywood sort of in the same predicament i'm thinking that he's got a spot here Pat telling him one thing and uh, Jack telling him, him another, and it forces him to return to some old habits that we really wish um, he had let go. But it, it is a struggle, you know, addicts struggle every right. day. So he's he's sort of re resorting to that. Um, and then uh, it's, it's now 1980, we're at the All-Star game. And um, Magic and Larry, once again, Magic's trying to sort of win everyone over, you know, win that rookie of the year with his flashing smile. And he once again realizes that no one has to like you. Right, right. And we get that, get that especially with his uh, interaction with Julius Irving, which I thought they did a terrible Photoshop job. Yeah, that was nuts. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Great. Um, but you know, they meet Philadelphia and well, first he meets Irving and his wife at um 
uh, party and he's buddy buddy with him and all good. And I guess he expected the same on the court, but this is not like intramural basketball. Right. Yeah. So they wind up losing and Magic feels embarrassed because Julius dunks on him. And finally, uh, who was it that sat down with him? Jerry West. Yeah. Finally sits down with Magic and said, I didn't want you because you're too happy. You have no edge. You think everyone's supposed to like you, and that doesn't win games. So they finally see eye to eye, and Magic seems to be getting some some type of sense of what it's going to take to um to actually win. Right. Right, right. Um, and that was an interesting conversation in the episode before that when they go back to uh, Michigan and Kareem has that conversation with his dad, just like, yes. like you know, why is, your, why is your son so happy? How can he see everything that's going on in the world? And he still smiled and his dad's kind of like, you know, I'm not sure he does see it. You know what I mean? I think he just exists. And then they're kind of like, he's, he's kind of caught because he's like, well, that seems dangerous in the time frame that they're in. He's like, maybe it's not such a bad idea or not such a bad way to live, you know, just kind of oblivious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it seems like a constant theme. Yeah, I really love that conversation too um, between the two. That was a great scene. And sort of not to go too forward, but, um, you know, Magic has the docuseries on Apple TV. Um, and I uh, podcast reviewed it and said that he tends to not stray into the more complicated, colorful aspects of his life. Like everything's about his business ventures, um, his years playing with the Lakers. He, you know, he doesn't talk about AIDS diagnosis. He doesn't talk about um, his failed talk show. He doesn't talk about coaching the Lakers, like nothing negative. And it's like, He's still that guy, right. which isn't bad, but life is not always sunny. Yeah, it just That's smiles, right, yeah. right. Especially when you're this known figure and people know other things have happened in your life. Like, come on. Exactly. Um, and speaking of magic, we also had sort of um, tension with him and Cookie when she finds out that he slept with her best friend and allegedly this best friend is pregnant. Now, magic... How do you just have to sleep with her friend because Cookie has something to do that night? Like right. that was that tripped me out though, because he did he had that little heartfelt conversation in the doorway with Cookie and he turned around and I was like, Rhonda, damn. Mm-hmm. A mess. Right, right. Um, so they're going through it again. And she already knows this job opportunity. She's probably going to take him to Detroit because LA is too, it's too close and he's not ready. Right. So, um, but I think one of the most uh, major advances in the story this episode was with uh, Jerry Bush and his mother. Um, Jenny goes to pick her up from the hospital and They've, you know, cleared her lungs of what of the fluid, but her cancer has returned. And yeah. she tells uh, Jenny, 
about men in general. You know, they're weak, they're feeble, they need the show. Meaning she was going to simply not tell Jerry about the illness coming back because they can't handle it in general. Yeah. And Jenny's so aghast at this secret and her father's behavior that she lets it slip out and he falls apart, but not before he basically sexually assaults this nurse in the car, which was, I mean, it was uncomfortable. Right, yeah, to, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so it was another great episode. Um, you you got, don't know, I mean, well, eventually we know what happened to the coaching situation, but that right. sort of tension, especially once uh, Pat gets that interview saying, you know, we don't know when Jack's going to come back, basically making it seem like he's not going to come back to the next season, which for me makes sense. Right. Like you wouldn't want to jeopardize the chemistry that they've built the all season, especially when he's not 100%, because he couldn't remember the guy's name at the diner. Yeah, yeah. Like a diner, he frequents the guy's names on the building. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, pal, turn that up. It's like, Nick's or Nick. So yeah, I don't I don't know what Kareem and Jerry are fussing about. The show's good and I'm gonna keep watching. Um and I don't know how successful Jerry West's lawsuit is gonna be either. No, I don't either. And I guess maybe it's I mean, of course they're gonna come on and say that the portrayal isn't accurate, but I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of right. It's all based on a yeah. book. So right. I don't think they read the book and said, let's turn it up a notch. I mean, I'm sure they're good for TV, right. but some of it has to be based in truth. Exactly. Exactly. So we've got yeah. episode nine uh next week. Um, and then the season finale after that. Then Atlanta, we had episode six entitled White Fashion. I think it's episode six. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was. And basically, I thought this was one of the best episodes so far. Um, I, I thought, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I was definitely saying it's one of the best episodes of the series. Yeah, it, it was in the present for one. Yeah. I think some episodes have examined things that are kind of not old, but sort of already been discussed. So this, right, yeah. this felt very much of today. Um, the episode basically just examined the whole sort of performance, performative social justice that companies um, interact with once they, you know, make foul with their merchandise, whether it's racist or misogynistic, whatever. Right. And sort of how they recruit certain Black people to sort of uh, PR their image so they can sell things again. Um, I thought it was a great episode. They dragged <laughs> a lot of people without saying one's name or anything, but it, it was it was really good. 
Uh, do you have any special moments in this episode? Um, I'm trying to think. I, well, you know what? I thought the, I, maybe it's just me, but I did not think that the way the storyline with, um, oh man, why can't I think of his name? Uh, God, well, I can't even think of the actor's name. The Keith, Darius's oh, character and the white woman. Yeah, yeah. I for some reason I did not see that going that way. I didn't know what was going to happen, but then um, when he when he walked up to the shop and the doors were shut, I was like, oh wow, like damn. But yeah, uh, I I I wasn't sure exactly where it was going either. Like I figured she was going to do something, but I didn't think that. But it happens like yeah. every day. Really does. Yeah. So yeah, Darius. Uh, took some white woman to a, a Nigerian restaurant and she got the idea to buy them out and turn it into a food truck. Um, basically widened it up. Uh, Earn is dealing with Van who he just happens to run into after she's been gone for weeks, apparently. I wish you would get an episode to show exactly what she's been doing. Right, because I'm not sure if you feel it, but some of the writing around her character and Darius feels kind of just like they're here. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because of COVID or what. It just feels weird because I feel like we would have actually. I feel like the episode, which one would it would it have been? Maybe last week's episode would have been about Van because we saw her in that restaurant. Yeah. Uh, maybe we would see what she was doing those six days, but it has not come to fruition. Um, but yeah, um, Van has just been living, I guess. Right. Um, and that white woman accuses her of stealing some scar for something. I do think she, she probably did steal it. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i think that's yeah because she doesn't really answer when he asks but yeah mm, she just kind of kissed it away um and then that morning as they're sleeping together she's gone so like she's really just sort of out here um yeah which earn is sort of kind of hurt because he was thinking they were having like a moment and she just treat him like some other dick, basically. So yeah, yeah. Um, but the main story centered on Alfred's paper boy, who after this uh fashion company named their line Central Park Five. Yeah. What's crazy about that is that sh- it did not click until they went and showed the billboard with that white woman laying down with it on her back yeah and i was like oh then i was like oh my god <laughs> a literal white woman in the middle of a bunch of black people black men basically yeah i said hell to the now right. so basically <laughs> this this company's gonna run this pr thing they recruit paperboy this other well-known social activists and other black people to sort of uh remedy their public image and you just see how even within this circle capitalism still drives 
everything. You know, Paperboy had this great idea, which actually earns idea to do this campaign that puts money back into black communities and black entrepreneurship. And basically they, they wipe that out in the campaign. And the one guy's like, what did you expect this business to do? Right, right. Which is also true. Like people expect the NFL, the NBA, other corporations to do something when their bottom line is to sell. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's one of the best episodes, like you said, of the series. It it really hit home for me. And the, man, those black people he were around, he was around the other influencers. The 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 one when they called him black adjacent, the the, the <laughs> light skinned dude. That's the heavy in tears. I was like, that's funny. Yeah, it's because he said, "Isn't he even black?" Right. And they're like, Cause then he, yeah. Because he starts saying nigga, and they're like, it, it doesn't even sound right when he says it. Like, it it's not coming out right. <laughs> like, that's funny. Yes. Uh, and then finally, we got a new show this week. Um, second season of The Flight Attendant premiere on HBO Max. Episodes one and two are available now. Um, this stars Kaylee Kuroko as Cassie, who the flight attendant, who in season one got mixed up in some murder mystery um, but it's a comedy drama that also examines sort of like her personal demons as she's a recovering alcoholic um, and sort of a, I don't know what else to say, what type of personality she has. But um, this season she's supposed to be, a, she's a year sober. Um, she's working to make better choices in her life. Um, she's dating this wonderful guy She's being a good person to her brother and her friends. She's like out to LA. I forgot she's to mention she's living in LA now. And now um, she is a part-time civilian asset for the CIA. So uh, did you get a chance to catch uh, the premiere? No, I have not seen these yet. So okay. what you say will be <laughs> new to me. All right, no spoilers, but the first two episodes are pretty good. Um, it okay. took a minute to get there a bit because it sort of set yeah. everything back up. But um, basically this season, as I said, she's working part-time for the CIA as a civilian asset. So they basically send her on missions to strictly just track people. You know, she gets the mark, she follows them, takes pictures, and then returns back to her abode. But of course, she's not going to listen and stumbles on some other incidents. And um, she believes someone is, um, has assumed her identity. So there's someone out there being her. Yeah. And it's sort of making her crazy. Um, And then, of course, we return back to her mental space when she's talking in her head. And yeah. instead of the murdered, uh, I don't know what you call him. I said the murdered guy from the first season, it's multiple yeah. Cassies. So there's bubbly party Cassie, there's despondent, depressed Cassie. I think there are more Cassies oh. will pop up showing that she's not as put together as she's portraying. Okay, so like multiple personalities. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's it's been pretty interesting. We still have um, 
Max and Annie, her friends, are visiting in LA. They still have sort of their storyline going on. We still have Megan, who's out here doing whatever she's doing for the uh, communists. <laughs> the Rosie Perez character is still there. Um, and then we just have the development with Cassie. So the first two episodes are pretty good. I think we'll get two more episodes this Thursday. So. Okay. All right, that wraps up our previously on. We'll get into a feature presentation um, where Netflix announced their first loss this past quarter one in earnings. And... Uh, the company's sort of in panic mode as they're not sure how to maneuver after this. Um, they essentially had a, a very long and good run as the only streamer um, in the game, but they had suffered their first subscriber loss of 200,000 subscriptions canceled. And uh, experts expect them to lose at least 2 million more. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Very insane. Um, but we know their strategy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, it, it's it's not, it's surprising to hear the numbers, but I don't think it's surprising that they're losing after things that have happened recently. So Right, exactly. Um, I was about to say. So along with the subscription loss, um, what was I about to say? Oh yeah, they're, they're used to being the only streamer in the game, but as competition has risen, strategies have changed, uh, people's tastes have sort of changed the way they operate around streaming networks now. Yeah. And we, we've known what Netflix to not really make a profit. They're always spending, 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 spending right, to get you know the once upon a time quality shows. But now it seems to be that they're just banking on shows in general, whatever show to get it produced. And if it's good or not, they cancel it. <laughs> right, right. So there's several factors uh, that they're trying to work against. Um, uh, one of them is, you know, the loss of subscribers. So they plan to double down on password sharing. Um, globally, they have a lot of subscribers, but a lot of subscribers, like any other person, is sharing their password. Um, family members, friends, out of state, out of country, and they're not banking on those funds. So um, they announced that they were going to test this at first internationally in a few places. Now they're doubling down, saying that it will come to fruition. Um, and they're thinking that if, for, for instance, I have an account and I'm sharing with people outside of the household, they'll still be able to access it, access it, but they're going to charge me more for each additional person uh, subscription. I see. So I'll be huh. paying more. That yeah, I think that definitely would make people cut down on like, okay, if you're not going to chip in and then I'm not going to share this password. I could see how right. that works. Yeah. And that's already after they increase the monthly fees. So right, right. I'm now paying $20 mm -hmm. 
for the top tier account. Um, right. And people are like, okay, I'm paying $20 for what exactly? Right. The circle, right. the ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> Their sort of temple shows are coming to an end. Ozark, Stranger Things. Right. You know, COVID sort of put a dent in the already long studio time of those shows. So um, you kind of lost interest. And also they are adamant on not going to a weekly release um, like HBO Max, a Disney Plus, Apple TV to where their big shows are binged in one weekend and then you don't hear about them again. Like Bridgerton right. yeah. is already done. No one's talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So they've got to sort of explore some other strategies that they want to keep up in this new streaming frontier where, you know, Apple TV is releasing prestige shows every Thursday, every Friday. Disney Plus yeah. releases their episodes every Wednesday. They've got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi coming on the same day as Stranger Things. So would you rather get each episode of the first part so you actually uh, prolong the discussion of your show on social and in publications, or you want people to talk about it Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, it's done. Right, yeah. They're not thinking. So in addition to the password sharing crackdown, they want to introduce finally a cheaper subscription that will have ads. And for the longest said, they'll never have ads. Netflix was sort of the alternative to sort of ad-supported content, but with HBO Max having that option, Disney Plus, uh, you have free streaming platforms that are free because they have ads. Netflix are gonna have to adapt to the new uh, environment. So I'm not sure how much that uh, subscription will be. And I'm not exactly sure how the ads will work. Like yeah. with HBO Max, um, non HBO content doesn't have ads, but like if you're watching like a old IP, it would be like watching, I guess, like watching on TV. Maybe there's an ad at the beginning, at the end. Um, yeah. No, Hulu has ads, and yeah, I, I think. I think the ad breaks in Hulu are maybe like it's maybe like three or so, depending on how long it is. Yeah. yeah. And the same with the CW. That's a free app, but they play the ad like you were watching TV. So right, right. So yeah, not sure what pricing they're thinking, but that's definitely coming in the future. Um, and it's just a sign of the times, you know. Yeah. Once upon a time, House of Cards and uh what was the other show? Orange and New Black. Right, right. More prestige TV, but like someone said in a podcast I listened to, no one's going back to rewatch those shows. So you've you've got to find something to draw people back in. And don't get me wrong, people haven't really canceled Netflix and mass exodus yet because they still have some big titles people enjoy, but they're going to have to catch up because not only are people 
banking more um, quality series, people are also introducing live events. Um, Apple TV just picked up baseball on Friday nights. Amazon's doing, you know, deals with the NFL. Brown uh, Plus is doing things with Premier League and lacrosse and here, that, and the third. Nothing lives on Netflix except that trivia show that no one plays. Right. <laughs> it's it's crazy how much has changed within even the last years. five years. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said earlier, it was at one point it was just Netflix running the game and then slowly everything came through and the pressure is just has been relentless and they uh, they weathered it well at the beginning, but now they're starting to crack. And like you said, I don't think Netflix is going anywhere. There will still always be subscribers, but um, they will surely drop from being the hot platform to be subscribed to. Yeah, yeah. And HBO Max sort of running on them. They had an increase globally, their subscribers. And Apple TV, yeah. while... I don't know if they have the same subscribers. They definitely have the content. Um, yeah. Because Severance alone sort of shook the table this past quarter. So, yeah. It's hmm. definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, should be. But, but yeah, the, I think their main thing is if they can get some content that allows people to stay and, you know, if they can retain people, then. Maybe they can get back in the game, back in the, uh, mm-hmm. I guess the, the good side of people's um, minds. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I I think they'll be okay, yeah. but it's going to take a minute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of platforms, um, what will you be streaming for the weekend? Um, well, I'll probably finish up the shows I'm watching. Uh, that I've talked about since um, Ozark. I think it's part two of season four comes out this week. And I was just looking at what was it? Yeah, that's Friday that that happens. And then, um, so there's that Undone, which is on the animated kind of series on Amazon Prime. It's season two starts Friday as well. And then on Hulu, Under the Banner of Heaven is something I've been waiting for for a while. It, it's it's kind of got that vibe of stuff that uh, I really like kind of um, it's not Southern. I think it's out in the Southwest. I think it takes place in Utah, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. But but still kind of this mysterious religious type thing going on. There's a murder. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested in seeing that. So those, those things are what I'll be watching this weekend. Exactly. Uh, I too will be tuning into under the banner of heaven um i love true crime and (laughs) this is right in my lane um we also this evening hbo max premieres we own this city um true crime series from the minds behind the wire and the deuce so that should be interesting it's a limited series and then um friday apple premiere shining girls and this is another Mm. sort of true crime well not true crime this is a uh adaptation of a novel starring Elizabeth Moss and Jamie Bell. <clears throat> I think 
I get it, but I'm not sure. But Moss plays a woman who it suffers an assault. Um, and she's trying to find the perpetrator, but there's some type of supernatural elements to where he's they like exist in like multiple yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, times. And it's the same guy attacking these girls and they're trying to solve the mystery. So um I'm actually here for anything for Elizabeth Moss other than the handmaid's tale. So yeah, she's she's so good. She she like throws herself into roles. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, she doesn't hold back. Yeah. So definitely interested in that. Um and then next week, we'll be discussing early predictions for the Emmys and reviewing some of the films that are making splashes at the film festival because it's definitely that season. We've got Cannes happening, Tribeca Film Festival coming up. So we'll discuss some of those things. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable life. 